for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! Welcome, everyone, to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program on the Legal Zoom self help hotline, 323-203-0815, where the show's also being brought to you by LegalZoom.com, the leader in self help legal documents. Make sure you go there. Trademark, wills, patents, copyrights, they do it all. And uh, when you go there, make sure you enter the Green Room referral code, which is green on checkout, so you get this special Green Room discount. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show. I'd like to welcome onto the program my left-hand man, Logan Leistico. Logan, thank you for being on the show. Howdy. All right. And as in addition to Logan, we also have a blogger, and he also does uh, some live comedy performances, and also hosts a podcast of his own called The Gentleman's Podcast. I'd like to welcome on the show Caleb Bacon. Caleb, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Caleb What's Bacon's happening? brother, too. So, <laughs> whatever. Do you get that a lot, uh, Logan's joke there? Do you get that a lot, I imagine? I, not so much the brother. Okay. More like they say, hey, you guys fucking... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the sort of thing. Yeah, you look like uh, Kevin Bacon, Mistress Material, I'm imagining. Sure. That's, that's probably what you got going on. So I would say I'm as was... hot as Kira Cedric. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, uh, for those of you at, uh, listening at home, perfect analogy, Kira Cedric-like. Um, maybe your hair's a little bit better than Kira's, but yeah, it's just a personal preference. I, sure, li- I like sure. it short, well-groomed. Sure, show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm partial. So, uh, Caleb, thanks for coming on. Now uh, you got you host a uh, podcast yourself. I've uh, listened to a lot of episodes. I, I enjoyed it. You let's see. I was uh, checking out some of the people you've had on. You had uh, Caden Cross on, adult yeah. film star. What was that like interviewing a uh, porno chick? Without well, that, that or was over her the phone. particularly. So I didn't have like a full chub going on. Right. But Caden Cross, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, Logan. Uh, I could tell. You can can just see it in Logan's eyebrows. He's a Caden Cross fan. But she's one of those porn chicks, the very small percentile, who's too hot for porn. You look at her, and she could be like a normal model. But uh, when she was on the Gentleman's Club, learned one of my favorite porno stories ever. She started stripping at the age of 18, of course, to pay for a horse that was going to be killed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that was yeah. pretty. That was pretty, pretty amazing when you were getting into the interview where she started describing. It, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a money to feed some crystal meth habit. She was just that much of an animal rights activist that she couldn't. Uh, she couldn't bear the fact that oh my god, this pony's about to get slaughtered, so yeah. I have to go out and strip for the pony. Which seems, I mean, obviously there's got to be some issue. I imagine any porn, porn star has some issues. <laughs> 
It is weird if you ever follow like a porno chick on Twitter or something. All they love tweeting is either pictures of food that they're eating or pictures of their animals. I don't know what it is. They they must have some weird attachment where all right something something went wrong early on, so now okay I'm gonna totally fall in love with animals and that's gonna be my connection. You find you find that to be true? There's a saying that a lot of the porno chicks have is you don't get into porn by accident. <laughs> And that's uh, kind of how it works, you know. Lots of daddy issues, mommy issues, societal issues. Right. Horsey, They're uh, horse issues. Yeah, it makes sense. Now you also interviewed <laughs> a uh, guy by the name of P. Diddy. I, I don't know. It wasn't like a full sit-down interview. Now was that your partner that went up and was talking to him? How'd that come about? My co-host Tim Hammer. We both write for a blog called Laist, mm-hmm. and uh, write for some other different places too. But he was interviewing P. Diddy doing a sit-down thing, so we just took the old field recorder out and uh, did a little bit of that for the Gentleman's Club. I no. was not there. Yeah. Yeah, and then what was the uh, what was the question you had, uh, you guys got off one question for him um, on, for the show, and what was that? It was, had had uh, you ever been to an ugly Christmas sweater party? Yeah. And, and he, seemed, he seemed thrilled with that idea. He was like, oh, yeah. Or no, he said he had never been to one, but the idea seemed kind of intriguing to him. Because P. Diddy doesn't know about, like, novelty white people Christmas parties. Right, exactly. He just knows about, like, the Ciroc chandelier. He does have a weird <laughs> cross-section of pop culture because he tries to keep it real in the in the hood or whatever, so he, he kind of has that facet of his life going. But then he's also super corporate. But then he also has his son on My Super Sweet 16. So it's this really weird, broad, ultra-demo, you know. He casts a wide net, this P. Diddy. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught this recently, but he sat down with uh, Martin Bashir on Nightline. And I don't know why anyone would sit down with Martin Bashir. It seems like he's the guy they send in to kind of make people look like an ass of themselves. He ends up grilling P. Diddy about his kids, how he has six kids from um, different wives, or I mean different baby mamas. I don't even know if they're wives. Uh, yeah, he's not married to all of them, obviously. And, uh, you know, P. Diddy gets uncomfortable, but then he also he's also kind of busting P. Diddy's chops about endorsing everything. So here's a clip of that. Is there anything you would not promote? Is First off, he's totally just baffled by that question. Yeah. No one's ever asked me that question. It's always been the other Pretty way around. Ballsy. They've always asked me, will you promote this? I mean, how about how about, how about, how about yeah. Diddy Dog Food? No, I wouldn't do Diddy Dog Food. I, you know, uh, I don't know, make your dog yap to a rap or something. Yeah, yeah, no. Martin Bashir, make your dog yap to a rap. Wait, no, which one's P. Diddy and which one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bashir. You can't tell. Their, their, their voices are uh, practically identical. Yap to a rap. I wouldn't do Diddy Dog You wouldn't food. do dog food. I mean, I would do what's organic for me. Like, I love candles. I would do <laughs> candles. That, that, the fact that P. Diddy thinks loving candles is organic and that it's or- natural to him is... Yeah. <laughs> just just imagine him and Biggie Smalls in the studio talking about how we're going to get these these West Coast bitches and how we got to go out and make that money. And in the back of the he- his head, he's just like, I love candles, man. <laughs> I mean, like I love candles. I would do candles. I love jewelry. I would do jewelry that 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 fits. I would do hotels. It it you know whatever was in the realm of entertainment or lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't that pretty much cover everything? Entertainment and lifestyle. What? The, I would the, stay at a P Diddy hotel made out of a candle. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like a French vanilla, <laughs> something like that. Maybe a little lilac. So it just smells like P. Diddy's cologne, which is in P. Diddy's hotel. At some point, it's the guy really loves himself. 
a curator of cool, you know, <laughs> that, that. I just like this. What a great gig that's got to be, curator of cool. Basically, all it is is it's not like you're even finding new stuff that's cool. It's just saying I'm P. Diddy, so whatever I like must be cool. Therefore, yeah. I'm the cur- curator of cool. That's why Kanye has a blog. Right, exactly. He's Yeah, he's just like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of I am Diddy, therefore this is cool. Whatever I like, it's cool because I like it. That that's what I that's what I do. You you're one of the best mom f-ers in the game. Man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's what he says to Martin Bashir. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. It is a compliment. <laughs> like Martin Bashir has to pretend like he's so out of it. I don't know what the best uh, mother effort in the game means. What is that some sort of compliment in your world, Diddy? <laughs> so now, uh, Caleb, yes. you you um, Sean Green. You're a blogger, like you were saying. Now, how'd you first start? I don't like the B word. You don't like the B word? Because it makes it sound like I'm in my parents' basement. Right. And they live in Arizona, and they don't have a basement. Okay. So it's way off. And I live in Hollywood, California. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're a writer. writer. Now, how'd you first... Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Arizona? Is that where you're originally from? No, my parents actually just moved there once the immigration law passed. Okay. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Yeah, this is the America we always dreamed of. It sort of coincidentally happened like that. Oh, okay. So they say. But uh, I'm from Albany, New York. All right, which nice. Which is the capital. And yes. And that means nothing special. But that's where <laughs> I'm from. I've lived in Los Angeles for six years. Okay. So now what, what brought you here out to L.A. from Albany? Just good times. I had uh, lived in Albany my whole life, but, I, but I'd done some, some traveling, you know, seen a little bit of the world and knew that living in upstate New York was uh, not much for me. Yeah. So it was time. Yeah, no, I, I lived in cool. upstate New York as a young kid. I uh, yeah. lived in Rome, New York. Rome, New uh, York. Yeah. On uh, Griffith Air Force Base. It was uh, made famous where they did Woodstock 2, where uh, Limp Bizkit tried to burn the entire place down. So if you're familiar with Woodstock 2, that's where that took place. Now, so you grew up in upstate New York. Yes. Um, what was your plan? Did you go to college? I went to the University of Albany. Okay. Just crappy school. Uh, basically, through raves. Worked at the radio station. All right, so throw and, raves. Now, uh, give, give us a timeline. What what year are we looking at when you start setting up the rave business? I'm uh, 29 now. Okay. I started, uh, you know, casually getting into the rave business uh, when I was, let's say, 17, 18. Okay. But uh, on the uh, business end, not until I hit 19. Okay. So, so now, were take you a, a DJ? No, no, just a promoter and event organizer. You know, the guy that rents the warehouse, that sort of thing. Right. So how, do, how does that go down? You're 19 years old. You just get the idea to, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna rent this warehouse. First off, who rents a warehouse to a 19-year-old? How does how do you go about securing? Fake mustache. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there was actually, it was pretty amazing. I threw raves with the state of New York's money. Okay. Now, this sounds like a great story. How do you get the state of New York to sponsor your rave at 19 years old? When... Uh, there was uh, forefathers ahead of me. At the University of Albany, there was a student group mm-hmm. who somehow got a lot of money to throw a whole bunch of raves every year. Now, that sounds insane to me. How yeah. do they, they give you this money? What, what, uh, what guys are you securing this money? It was called the Electronic Dance Music Society. <laughs> yes. Okay. Perhaps you've not heard of it. Oh no, I'm not aware. I don't, I'm not a big electronic dance guy, but okay. So well, you're some, a society guy. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm society. I own electronics, so sure. it's not that far off. So someone had this great idea to set up the Electronic Dance Society, and they petitioned the state of New York to give them funding. 
Uh, the the student administration or the student activities committee that will give money to, you know, like the Korean club or the radio station or whatever clubs, and we got money to throw raves. That's amazing. That's awesome. They were down with it. So now no one did it, they think you were doing choreographed dancing? <laughs> I don't know what they thought. It like it had already been set up before I got there. Then I get get there and. So the system wow. was kind of already in place. Yeah. You go out, you went to these raves, and then yep. what? You were you got recruited to be the head, the head of this little society. I would go to their raves when I was in high school, and I was like, yeah, this is where I gotta be. Oh, okay, because yeah, you're a local kid, so you start hanging out at the raves. What was yep. the uh, any kind of crazy moments? Because you hear of stuff g- going down at raves, of people ODing on ecstasy, people, uh, you know, getting crazy dehydrated. Glow stick parties going to all hours. What what uh, any experiences stand out for you being a president back, of a rave club? Uh, I was pretty oblivious back then. I did not do any drugs. Now of. that's that's pretty crazy. Well, that changed. Okay. But uh, you know, at like 1920, I was pretty straight laced. Okay, nothing too intense. Right. And uh, I, so I, I didn't really know what was going on so much. I liked the music. I liked the fact that it kind of felt like we're doing something bad. Right. And, um, I mean, we rented out, like, a basement of a church once. Oh, man. And it, cool. it was a cool building. You're you're going straight to hell, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Doing a rave. And well, all... I wasn't the one, like, doing lines in the church. That oh, was, okay. That was Logan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what were you doing there? L- Logan, Logan was there trying to score chicks in uh, ecstasy. Now, speaking of chicks, was it a good turnout? I mean, I'm imagining Albany. Obviously, uh, Los Angeles is probably better per capita for hot chicks. Oh, but yes. Now, but Albany, I imagine if you are a hot chick, that's the place where you end up that night. How was it for you? Did you uh, meet a lot of chicks? Well, the hard part about throwing raves is that the other people that you work with all get really, really fucked up. Oh, okay. So, but by the end of the night, I mean, I'm just like running around, doing everything, getting there hours before it starts to, to set up, and then cleaning, you know, at 8 in the morning when it gets out, and that sort of thing. So I was just kind of chicken with my head cut off. So yeah, you never really, you never really benefited as far as uh, meeting chicks from it. There's no pussy benefit. No, none yeah. at all. See, that's that's what I assume draws people into the rave scene is, oh hey, this is gonna be awesome. I get I get laid, but I guess that was coming from a guy who never was a fan of the music. So I would think like, yeah. oh, okay, that's why you got to be in it for. I had girlfriends back then, like just pretty long term ones. Now, what did they think of you being president of the rave club or electronic dance that's appreciation? That's why I got them. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the title. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, they were attracted to your power. No, they weren't they weren't ravers. They were just like, "All right, you go do your thing. I'm going to be not doing it." <laughs> that sort that's of cool. Thing. All right. So now you're going to University of Albany. What are you studying there? Communications. Okay. Which now, is what we're doing now. Right, we're communicating. So I'll make my professors proud. We're uh, doing some broadcasting here now. What do you? Uh, what? Do you, what's the plan for after college? Uh, I went to Manchester, England, and I worked at a shoe store for one day. Okay. But I was there for about four months. Now, how do you only work there for one day? What goes that wrong in one day that you're saying, <laughs> "That's it, I'm out of here. Take this job and shove it." Oh, it was the whole work thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got the job. I had my day of training, mm-hmm. and then they wanted me to come back, and I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Right. I think I went to Sweden or something like that. Yeah, that seems a lot better than working (laughs) at a... Going to Sweden seems a lot better than working at a shoe store. You worked one day in England, and you're just like, fuck this, Sweden. Yeah, because it's not that far. It's like a three-hour flight. 
Okay, so now you're you're bumming around Europe. Yep. Um, wow. You come back to America, and then uh, what what eventually brings you out to L.A.? You uh, said just good times. I kind of just wanted to live somewhere cool. Right. And I considered L.A. to be cool. Visited here, got aunt and uncle, just had dinner with them. Some nice salmon. It was very good. You were sold. Omega three acids. It's good for you. Yeah. Nice. Fish oil. Fingernails. Hair. Now, <laughs> all right. Fingernails. So you. But ca- I, so I got a chance to have an entry level job in television, and I was like, all right, I'll do this. Right. Okay. Cool. So now you've been out here um, doing writing, writer assistant, that type of stuff. Yep. And uh, how did you end up starting the Gentleman's Club podcast? Now, I like uh, in your intro, you have it. The um, the show intro is by uh, Don Magic Juan. How'd you meet him? How do you get him to to cut you something? Is he just stumbling around and you meet him on Sunset? Well, now, do your listeners know Don the Magic Juan? I feel like a lot of people know Don Magic Juan. If you Logan. don't, he's the he's the guy always hanging out with Snoop Dogg. He's got the chalice. He's uh he's you know Snoop Dogg's Logan. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's got he's constantly rocking green and gold. Yeah. Just Green like is for the uh, monies, gold is for the honey, something like that. He's yeah. he's a uh, he's quite a uh, he's a, he's a world class pimp. I mean, I think that's actually sure. his legitimate job title. Like on his IRS tax form. Right. World class pimp. <laughs> Pimping it, keeping it real. So now, how do you how do you get him to uh, to do something for your show like that? My co-host uh, Tim Hammer, also known as My Logan, sure, or My Don the Magic One. <laughs> he is uh, he's just down with the black man. You know, he's interviewing P Diddy. He's talking to Don the Magic Wand. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I totally don't remember what it was for. I think he was covering some kind of event. And uh, Mr. Magic Wand was like, uh, yeah, I'll record that for you, fellows. <laughs> and wow. so he was... He, Is that what he sounds like? He said, well... I wasn't there. <laughs> it's Caleb's reenactment. As he twirls his cane. It's a little, it's a little square, not to uh, not to insult your, your reenactment ability, but... Um, yeah, that's, you know, I'd imagine... Uh, not all a, of us are more. from Pennsylvania. Okay? Right. Well, you know... What can I say? We're a uh, gentrified urban community. I'm I'm down with the people. I, I you know I'm a little more connected than this guy. But what are you gonna <laughs> What are you gonna do? Uh, we'll ch- we'll check in with the. Uh, we we're talking uh, news a little bit earlier. I don't know if you heard yep. this. This is a uh, former uh, presidential candidate, Al Gore. It's getting a little hot water. The woman, a masseuse, had a session with Al Gore in his ninth floor suite of the Hotel Lucia in downtown Portland. She says, quote, during the course of a massage session, Al Gore did sexually assault me in his room. She says he made repeated unwanted sexual contact that she was afraid he was going to rape her. (laughs) I know I know rape's not hilarious, but from Al Gore. Al Gore is just the most wooden personality. Yeah. I, the, he would be in office if people believed he had the passion to commit rape. Like, the reason he didn't win the election is because people <laughs> saw him as this wooden, emotionless person. If they thought, oh, my God, that guy, he's the type of guy that's – he doesn't take no for an answer. Al Gore looks like a perfect example of a guy who takes no for an answer. Am I wrong? An inconvenient boner. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> he seems up. like – he seems like that poor, creepy kid in high school that no one really wanted to talk to. <laughs> but it seemed, like, harmless. Right, yeah. I, I would never picture him as a guy just, you know, gets a massage 
And yeah, I, I picture him getting a massage and then feeling guilty about it to his wife, Tipper. Like he, he rushes home <laughs> and tells her, Tipper, I had some impure thoughts when I was on the massage table. I don't picture Al Gore as some crazed poon maniac. Like, Initially in 2006, the woman did not want to be interviewed by police. That's why the case went nowhere. It wasn't until last year that she met with detectives. Then this month, the woman went to police again asking if she could edit her original statement. <laughs> Which I, I feel like really hurts your case. If three years later or four years later you go, hey, wait, can I edit my original case? I feel like that hurts hurts your credibility and your honesty as a quote-unquote sexual assault victim by the Al Gore. Police told her she could only add information to it. <laughs> At that point, she said she was going to the media with her story. <laughs> and I guess she offered, you know, she tried to get the Inquirer to pay her a million dollars for her story. I feel like that really hurts your case. And I feel like that takes away from chicks who are actually in this position to, uh, you know, that they're going to be getting raped or stuff like that. Maybe there are some Al Gore uh, rape victims out there who, you know, would be afraid to say something now because they're going to be shunned, I don't know, by the media. Can I make your big announcement for you? Sure. Next week on The Green Room, you're going to have Al Gore's rape victim. (laughs) (laughs) Alleged rape victim. Actually, no. That's a great idea. All she's claiming is sexual assault. All she's claiming is unwanted sexual advances. Well, he played just the tipper. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you just put he, but yeah, but you, <laughs> now um, since I just totally uh, derailed this whole podcast. Sure, it's all right. Kind of one of my specialties. Uh, I brought some gifts for you guys. Okay, cool. Now, do you guys like gifts? Yeah, sure. Who doesn't like a good now, gift? I don't know you guys especially well, but okay. I've done some research. Sure. And I mean, Sean Green, we all know, former Dodgers first baseman. Okay. Second most home runs for a Jewish major leaguer of exactly. all time. Exactly. So I brought you a. Potato. Okay. In a bag. Man. All right. And thanks. Logan. <laughs> I bought you some of the finest medical marijuana in the city. Because <laughs> you like the Laurel pots. bay leaves. Yeah. They're, well, I may not say it's pot. It's trick pot. <laughs> well. You should smoke it. Ninety nine no, cents. Me. No, no, that's fake price tag. Oh. It Cost a lot. The finest quality products. Is that real? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell you. Logan not to smoke it. You never know. He might, uh, he might try to rebel against you, Caleb, and, and go after it. You mentioned the Dodgers. Now, you, uh, for LAist, a uh, popular blog, you get to cover the Dodgers. Yep. How has that experience been? Were you a Dodgers fan growing up at all? What, what kind of sports teams did you follow in upstate New York? Uh, upstate New York is weird because it's uh, about two and a half hours from New York City, but also two and a half hours from Boston. And then it's like uh, four hours from Buffalo, where there's the Buffalo Bills football team. Oh, yeah. And then growing up, there's the Montreal Expos baseball team, which is three hours north. So people liked all kinds of different stuff. So Interesting. It was kind of weird. So I kind of always liked a bunch of different teams. And then when I moved out here, I did not plan on it, but I totally fell in love with the Dodgers. Well, there you go. I got to say, as an L.A. transplant as well, if I was to support an L.A. team, I think it would have to be the Dodgers just because – you 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 respect that uh, their fans are probably the most legitimate fans. They're diehard fans. The stadium is a great stadium. It's a great experience. Now this is actually a good segue. You're talking about uh, growing up in upstate New York. Uh, my buddy just called in Zach, who's a uh, diehard Buffalo Bills fan. Zach, for th- thanks for coming on the program. Yo, what's going on, bro? Nothing, man. We're just uh, here kicking it with uh, Caleb and of course uh, Logan. So how's it going, man? 
Uh, it's going good. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I love Logan and all the crazy thing he do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's talking about, uh, he's quoting a video. He's been we, writing that all over my Facebook, by the way. For those yeah, of you who are not stop. <laughs> for, for those of you not aware of the video, uh, basically I did a man on the street piece for the green room uh, a while back, and we were interviewing some of the costume characters that are on the Hollywood Boulevard one of which was a Spider-Man. First off, the the first Spider-Man, I asked him if he wanted to do a little man on the street piece. He flat out denied me because he said it was if it wasn't for a network television show, he wasn't going to do it. While hanging off of scaffolding, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he was hanging off of scaffolding. <laughs> he's got his little rollaway luggage going. He's got a pack of Newport lights just sitting there. He's a very gross gentleman, and he refused to be on the program because it wasn't for a network show. So we keep going down, and then we stumble across this uh, other other Spider-Man who is... Uh, it turns out is a uh, pudgy Mexican man who doesn't have a great <laughs> grasp on the language. Fake. Yeah, and uh, he was he was uh, unlike the other asshole Spider Man. He was willing to give us an interview, and I I ask him questions, but I kind of lead him along, and I'm like, oh, do you do you like Logan on the show? And I was like, you love Logan, right? And he's like, yes. And I was See. like, why do you love Logan? Uh, cause he do all those crazy things. <laughs> all the crazy thing he do. Yeah. So he was uh, it was a great interview. Good times. Now, uh, yeah, that's Zach, I'm actually going to be uh, back home. I'll be uh, back home next week. Actually, next Thursday, we're going to be broadcasting live from Finisher's Pub in Hellertown, Pennsylvania, which if you don't know, oh, yeah. if you don't know Finisher's Pub, it's not actually a real bar. It's just actually, it's just the kitchen in uh, Zach's house. But they finish you off after every pint. Yeah, <laughs> Well, there's a place down the street called Starters and kind of you know, gay. So we always go to uh, finishers. Because, you know, you can do whatever you want at finishers. <laughs> Zach has a strict policy of uh, doing whatever you want. You got to take your shoes off before you go in. It's a it's a unique bar policy, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll have a good time. We'll probably get really sauced. We'll be taking calls from uh, from finishers pub. It's going to be a great time. Now, Zach, definitely, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I got before you before you go on, dude. I got I got to tell you a story. Uh, you know, your brother called me up today and. Um, he wanted to know, or no, actually, he didn't call me. He texted me. He wanted to know if I could get him a keg for this weekend. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So yeah, if you don't know, uh, my brother, my brother is underage, and yeah, he's probably trying to use my um, of age friends that are still back in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, <laughs> to score him beer. Now, Zach, when you know, we didn't always have that option when we were in high school. We had a couple keg parties, and. Uh, Wow. Well, yeah, we just found different ways. It is always that weird, uh, that weird move where you got to ask someone older. Who was that guy that we always used to get kegs from, Zach? What was his name? Uh, I don't know. You know, our other friend knew the guy. His name we call him Taz, but oh, I didn't yeah. even really know where he came from. He just kind of showed up one day. He was, <laughs> he was like 27. <laughs> yeah, his name was Taz. He was a 27-year-old kid who just happened to hang out with us, 16-year-olds, and uh, we went through that same process where. You know, we were like, Taz, dude, you got to buy us some beer. He's like, all right, fine, but just cases, guys, just cases. I'll get you a couple cases, and that's it. We're like, all right, Taz, but uh, you know you're getting us a keg. He's like, no, man, just cases. All right, Taz, but you're going to get us a keg. And then we drop him off at the at the beer store. We're like, Taz, you're signing for that keg. He's like, all right, man. Yeah. And then, look, at, you know, at the time, you're like, oh, my God, Taz is the coolest man in the world. 
then in hindsight, it's a 27-year-old guy signing for kegs for 16-year-olds. And you think, like, oh, we're just using him. But in fact, no, Taz didn't have his license. And it wasn't even because of a DUI. No. He was just a 27-year-old guy who hadn't gotten around to his, getting his license. <laughs> so he hung out with 16-year-olds so he could, you know, we could drive him around. Yeah, he worked at Valley Farm Market, and he had a full-time <laughs> job there. And he actually quit the job when Music Fest started. Yeah, Music Fest <laughs> is a uh, annual festival back at our hometown where basically – you know, they put up a couple tents and play some polka music, and it's basically it's just an excuse for people to walk around with giant beer mugs and get really hammered and have a good time. It's not really that much of a celebration of music. It's more an excuse for teenagers and grown grown men to wander around and get really drunk. Is that the one uh, that got set on fire by Limp Bizkit? No, that yeah. was uh, that was um, Woodstock 2 oh, up in right. upstate New York. This is, this is a much more mild affair. I think the craziest thing that ever happened with Music Fest was... There was this horse. I think his name was Smokey or something. This horse uh, had two separate, got injured twice in the same music fest. One time, a drunk driver backed into his leg, oh, and yeah. then, and then, Taz. and then, yeah, it was probably Taz. And then a week later, the same horse got punched in the face, and they actually charged the guy with assaulting an officer. It was kind of wow. like the premise of Half Baked, except it actually happened. Yeah, they, they were threatening to shut the whole... I remember that they always say that the main street is the worst part. That's where all the kids are, you know? They're just roaming around and people are punching horses. I remember that one night they maced a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yes. what, what happens is... I know what we would do in high school is just get a water bottle full of uh, Gatorade and vodka and just go down and sip on that like, as if, you know, the law enforcement had no idea what was going on. Kids were just passing around a 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade for two and a half hours. And, uh, yeah, we would just get real hammered and, and just wander around. There was there was no real destination. The whole idea was just walking around and be seen at Music Fest. So, Zach, you got any, yeah. uh, you got any big plans for when I get back? Uh, yeah, man, I was thinking maybe uh, we can uh, maybe hit up a Phillies game, definitely. Uh, you know, a lot of chilling at finishers. Right. Um, I figure, um, you know, we won't buy Chuck a keg because I don't feel like getting arrested for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother Chuck wants a keg, so, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we should be uh, doing that. Well, I mean, you can do whatever you want. I just don't want to have to hear from my mom, you bought Chuck a keg, what are you thinking? Call Taz. Yeah, he, be younger he, you know, he, he actually asked me though. He asked me, uh, "What's the easiest way for?" It? He goes, how, "How did you guys get things?" I was like, <laughs> "I don't know. We just uh, basically lied to a guy and got, you know, got him together." I was like, "There's no way I'm getting integrity, dude." Yeah. Well, Zach. Uh, also, you're gonna have to tune in next. Thursday, July 1st, in the uh, early morning hours, I'll be on the local classic rock station, WZZO, sitting in with the Bear Man and Keith Morning Show. So everyone out there, make sure you tune in to the Bear Man and Keith Morning Show. I'm going to be yapping it up with those uh, knuckleheads. Basically, the premise of the show is uh, Bear Man hangs out, and then, uh, you know, he likes to goof on Keith, his sidekick. It's kind of like the green room. Uh, no, I don't know. He Bear Man really gives it to Keith sometimes, and then they, you know, they play some classic rock and today's rock, and they and they call it a morning show. It's good times. Yeah, dude, they are hilarious. Uh, I like I like the instructions they gave you before the show. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Well, um, Zach, uh, thanks for calling in, and uh, everyone, make sure to tune in next Thursday, eight o'clock West Coast time, but it's actually gonna be eleven o'clock East Coast time. 
You'll probably be hearing me really drunk on the program, and as well as Zach, who's going to be my co-host for that show. So make sure you tune in live from Finishers next week. Thanks for uh, calling in, Zach. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, man. I just want to say, uh, fuck the other green room on Showtime. Just the real green room. <laughs> All right, appreciate that. Yeah. Peace out. Uh, Zach was mentioning the other green room, the green room with Paul Provenza, or I don't know, however you pronounce that guy's name. Luckily, though, I had secured the rights to my name, the green room with Sean Green. I trademarked that using LegalZoom.com, and I even used the referral code GREEN to get the green room discount. So <laughs> if you want to protect your intellectual property like I just did, make sure you log on to LegalZoom.com. I think I could trademark the word bacon. Yeah, well, the, the whole thing with the trademark is you can trademark it, but it would have to attach your, to a certain uh, good or service. Like, you could probably trademark bacon as it pertains to you being a performer. No, I want the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, bacon, yeah. <laughs> if I go I to LegalZoom.com and I type in green, I demand all bacon <laughs> rights. Well, uh, I'll see what my friends over at LegalZoom can do for you. I'm, I'm optimistic. Sure. Now, we, were talking to, we were talking about performing. We had actually performed together, but I, I wasn't even aware of it because uh, you do some character piece, and you kind of dressed up, and I hadn't even recognized you. Yeah, this was one of my uh, – it, it was not necessarily a, a fun gig, but you did some of the fav- my favorite stand-up I've ever heard that night because it was the least appropriate thing <laughs> of all time. Right, exactly. This, set, set the stage no for the right. people. I'll set stage for the people, including Logan and Taz, because I know Taz is listening. Taz is a diehard Green Room fan. Just thinking about buying a keg for Chuck. <laughs> exactly. Taz is 43. Yeah, he's Doesn't old. drive. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully he's gotten his license by now. I, I can't really say for <laughs> sure or not. I took my driver's test in Spanish, by the way. Really? That's, a, that's an aside. Okay. But I'm back to the, the main topic here. So at this Brazilian restaurant here in Los Angeles, California, they did a comedy night. And uh, that restaurant, the the owner, was recently murdered by her uh, husband, who is a producer of the show Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious already. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just i laughing at where it's going. And oh, because what? Survivor, she didn't? No, no, no. Unsolved murder oh, is never voted oh. off the earth. Okay. So the guy who's promoting the show pulls uh, a few of us beside, aside before the show, and he's like, look, the staff here is really messed up. You know, this woman died. I guess she was a great woman. Do not be controversial. Do not swear. Do not talk about anything edgy. Right. No religion. Nothing like that. And there's, to say, also to kind of give you some scenery, there are huge, giant posters of this woman everywhere through the building. Uh, huge, giant signs. Justice for, I'm blanking Monica on her name. Justice something. for Monica, correct. And so, yeah, there's all these signs, all these photos. A lot of eulogy stuff up on the walls. Kind of a somber moment. And I remember the general manager before going up to the guy. She's like, you know, we just need laughter. We just need people to laugh. So right. go ahead and do comedy. Now, I don't know if you got this speech that I got. No, I, I didn't get that speech. No, I didn't. Now, uh, so after my set is done, I had to go outside and make a phone call. Something like that. Sure. I walk back in. I hear Sean Green coming to the stage from the green room. And then, you know, you're doing some jokes, and everybody's laughing. And then you get into a certain topic that has to do with getting away with murder in Hollywood. <laughs> now, you are right on the nose. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I was totally oblivious to it. The, the, the whole premise of the bit is that 
the city of Los Angeles is protesting the state of Arizona because of their immigration laws. And I, I happened to come up with this idea that who are we, the city of Los Angeles, to judge anyone, to protest anyone? We're the city that literally lets people get away with murder. And then I cited O.J. Simpson and Robert Blake and was going on to that whole riff. And, yeah, I guess I was kind of ob- oblivious to the fact that a woman was just murdered and probably not the most appropriate time to bring that up. It's all over TMZ because the guy's a survivor <laughs> producer. This is exactly what you were talking about. He hasn't gotten off yet, but maybe if he does get off, you could go back and do it again. Right, yeah, maybe maybe afterwards. I, I Yeah, well, or worst case scenario, that's another guy's name to throw in just to prove my point that <laughs> we are a city that let yeah. people get away with murder. That's the spirit. Well, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, Logan. <laughs> what can I say? Sure. Now, I did not see any tears from any staff. But they Please were, enjoy Yeah, They were there. Yeah. I well, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, you're right. That was not a uh, an appropriate thing to do. I, I apologize. Obviously, I don't I don't want anyone to get confused out there. I don't support murder. Uh, we at the Green Room well, have... Well, wait, a, no. Celebrity murder you support. Right. Well, no, not, not even celebrity well, murder. murder of women. Okay, yeah, that that I do. Who doesn't, right? Logan. <laughs> well, uh, now that we got um, we had Zach give me this tip of my brother trying to score a keg, I'm gonna try and call him, see and uh, bust his ball, see if he's gonna pick up. Hold on. Hi, it's me. Please Joe. enjoy the music while your party is reached. What's this? I don't know, it's my um, it's my brother's ringtone. Or what, what do you call these? A callback or something? Ringback? Yeah. They're pretty obnoxious. I don't know about you, but back in my day, we just answered the cell phone. In my day, we answered the pager. Now, you grew up with uh, pagers? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Page 7911 if it's really important. Right. Emergency. Please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Fuck you, lady. Hey, yo, uh, Chuck, it's Sean. Uh, Zach tells me you're trying to score a keg for this weekend. I, I really don't approve of this. Um, call me back at the station, 323-203-0815. Call Taz. He'll hook you up. <laughs> All right. So we'll see if we uh, we hear back from him on that. Now, we were talking. A little, we were getting into a little baseball talk, and uh, you said you've fallen in love with the... Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Seinfeld, as it turns out, huge Mets fan to the point that he huge Mets fan buys out all the luxury boxes. He owns a luxury box. And uh, recently, Lady Gaga showed up at the Mets stadium. For some reason, she's just doing this whack job publicity tour. She showed up at the the Mets stadium wearing just brawn panties and kind of a Mets jersey hanging off. And then she was giving people the finger. And then instead of kicking <laughs> her out of the stadium, they just escorted her up to uh, Jerry Seinfeld's luxury box and it's it's just interesting to hear Jerry Seinfeld get mad cuz he just you know comes off as such a cool relaxed uh, customer so here's uh, Jerry Seinfeld ranting about Lady Gaga All right now yeah. let me ask you this with uh, Lady Gaga what are your impressions of her showing up at City Field I wish her the best <laughs> I, I, you know See that's first you know now he's just trying to be Seinfeld like I don't want any controversy wish you the best You know you take one A off of that and you got <laughs> gag it's uh it's, it's Yeah come on you're Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> Lady Gag oh man yeah you're worth 750 million a year in syndication Seinfeld with lines like that Lady Gag oh my god It's a it's a I, I don't know 
you know, what these young people think or how they uh, promote their careers. Well, Madonna did. You know, I'm older. You know, I'm 56. Right. I think I I look at Lady Gaga the way uh, Keith Hernandez watches these kids when they pull the pocket out. They wear the inside-out pocket. <laughs> Do you think he could understand that? Right. He can't understand that. <laughs> even the, even the, the Mets talk radio guys, I, I'm sorry, Jerry, <laughs> that's, a, that's a stretch. The Keith Hernandez pulling the pocket out, I'm sorry, there's nothing there. That, that's, a, that's a new game. That's kids. I, 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 I give the finger. What is she giving the finger? What because the finger? they... Anyway, speaking they, of interesting and new... How old is the finger? <laughs> How old is this premise and the way you work out material? What's the deal with the finger? It's so old. Why don't they give them something else? <laughs> How did they even get to be the finger? <laughs> and it, it reminds me of Jack McDowell. He did it as the Yankee to the crowd. Right. John, John Starks did it uh, to the uh, to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, we have seen Rex Ryan, the Jets coach, do it to a group of uh, Miami <laughs> Dolphin fans in South Florida. Well, somewhere along the line, everybody decided that this finger is very bad to show. Now, the thumbs up is the good finger, right? And And now it's just, you know, him going off more observational material about Lady Gaga, or not not even Lady Gaga, but giving the finger. And, oh, hey, there's a right way to give a finger and a wrong way to give a finger. I actually brought another Jerry Seinfeld clip on this very issue. Uh, It's number six. Okay. Okay. What's the deal with Lady Gaga? <laughs> I mean, she's got a finger. It's pointed upwards. How old is upwards? Okay, we're back. That was, I was trying to give you an earnest response uh, to that material. I wasn't that was I wasn't implying Seinfeld. that it was... Uh, yeah, no, and you also cited Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan got Rex fined $250,000 for giving Miami Dolphins fans a finger. Who are, who, what owner would find a, a coach $250,000? That's an insane amount of money. First off, just for giving someone the finger, or I think it might have been 50000 The Bills owner got fined 250000 But still, do you think football fans are being offended by the finger? I guarantee you any guy sitting down, no Jets fan is being offended by the finger. Like, oh my God, we don't want to accept the delicate sensibilities of Jets fans. They, these they're they're animals. They they <laughs> you hang out, you drink a lot of beer, you you eat awful fried food, and yeah, you call yourself a fan. All right, we got a caller calling in here. I think this might be my brother. Seinfeld. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Is this Chuck? Yeah, what's up? Yo, Chuck, you're on the green room, and you're in you're in hot water. On, Zach was uh, blowing up <laughs> your spots, and you're trying to get a keg for this weekend. What's going on? Yeah, man, it's our, it's our deals are gonna chill. Got it locked up for tomorrow. Now, uh, <laughs> now, uh, all right. So you got someone to buy a keg for you. Now you're not 21 years of age yet, are you? The, you do realize that's the legal drinking age in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, yeah, I realize it. Go to Canada. <laughs> are you worried about? Uh, so wait, you're not drinking it at our house, are you? Oh, no, no, not make the same mistake as you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I ruined it for uh, the. I've heard, uh, the, yeah, I've heard all the, the stories about that uh, banger. Well, yeah, I guess I ruined it for my. I'm uh, being the oldest. I think I ruined it for my younger brother uh, Charlie and Alyssa the, to uh, have house yeah, parties by yeah, getting he caught. Yeah, things up there. Well, you know, in hindsight, it, you know, I made a couple mistakes. Basically, now Chuck, I'll I'll give you advice. Although I don't approve <laughs> of you uh, running a keg, if you are gonna rent a keg or have someone rent a keg for you, make sure you. You go all out and pay the extra two dollars to get the tub rental because that's that's where my main mistake was. I was a young naive high schooler. 
And, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to use that old uh, garbage can with holes in it. Yeah, basically <laughs> what happened was instead of paying the extra $3 to get the keg tub rental, we just said, no, Taz, we don't need that. We don't need to pay that extra three dollars. We don't need to blow that. We'll just we'll just fill up a trash can full of ice. Not realizing that the bottom of the trash can had holes uh, in it, and so yeah, and we had the we had the keg set up in my parents' finished basement. So about 15 minutes in, the entire it just becomes this marsh of uh, shag carpeting and awful icy beer water, and basically uh, the entire basement stunk. And then my neighbor told on me in general, and I. I'll never forget when my dad walked in, he opened up the door, and even from the basement, he could smell it. He goes, what the hell is that (laughs) smell? (laughs) Yeah, and uh, so I got grounded for a couple weeks. So you're welcome, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Was it one of your friends trying to fight someone out in the driveway or something? Well, no, it's almost even more embarrassing than that. He wasn't trying to fight someone. He was just uh, our buddy Brian. He was hammered out of his mind and just started uh, kickboxing a a bush outside of our house so of course <laughs> that was added on to the list of offenses that uh mom and dad brought up for me so all right yeah, chuck old, well old uh, Fish, you caught on to that. yeah all right so uh well thanks for calling in chuck and uh be safe yeah. and then don't do anything i wouldn't do all right man all have right a good one. take care now do you have any uh brothers or sisters caleb are you only child i have a brother he lives in the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area. His name is Taz. Oh, really? So okay, you kind of look like same Taz. Guy. Oh, uh, I have a brother. His name is Noah. Okay. He is uh, 25, I think. He lives uh, back east. All right. So you just can probably buy Chuck a keg. All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll uh, have them uh, hook up with each other. Maybe they can figure something out. Meet halfway. I uh, also stumbled upon this story. I found really interesting. A this is woman is a worker at a Washington County Sheriff's Department. She's a jailer. She works in the jail, and uh, she's looks like she's going to get fired for also being a online Playboy cyber girl. On the Playboy website, you can find 21-year-old Jessie Lunderby posing in her underwear and even fully nude. In her bio, she says her ambition is to become an undercover cop. <laughs> uh, only, only a chick would pull this move off. My goal is to be an undercover cop, and here I am posing for Cybergirl Playboy. I think, I think that's going to be tough for you to go undercover later on. I imagine a lot of cons out there might check into the Playboy Cybergirl of the Week. I've seen that movie. You have. Yeah, the sexy jailer goes undercover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She has to pose nude for Playboy. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only it. way. they. D- Otherwise, there's going to be a wire. You have to pose nude for Playboy. Otherwise, she's wearing a wire. But she's on the inside she the entire time. She have a C-section scar. Or work for the drug task force. Lunderby is an officer here at the Washington County Detention Center. She works primarily with the inmates and has been on the force for nearly three years. So on any given day, she is uh, has to be hands-on or giving directions. Oh. <laughs> it's like everything uh, this everything this sheriff guy says just could be obviously turned into some sort of euphemism for her hooking yeah. up with these these uh, animals. Taking requests from prisoners. Which is why. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, yeah, ma'am, would you mind uh, coming over here and uh, letting me uh, make love to you in this uh, jail cot? What you, would she... you like some Pruno, sweetheart? It could be the cavity searches. Right, I guess she that's... could do that. Yeah, that's one... It's probably like the first time someone's got aroused while being uh, given a cavity search. And isn't this cruel and unusual punishment to these guys? Like, let alone you're locked up in jail. All right, that sucks. They probably don't give them any conjugal visits, and then you have to stare at a smoking hot 21-year-old chick the entire time. 
I don't know how they do it. I don't know how there's not some sort of jail ride. I don't know how they don't overthrow this <laughs> situation. How how are they how are they staying in there, looking at an amazingly beautiful girl the entire time? Well, Logan, you've been to jail before. What I mean, what's yeah. it like when there's a hot whatever they call um, it, jailer? Logan did three to five for some <laughs> B and E's. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything <laughs> funny to say. That was your experience, man. That was the best improv I've ever heard in my life. That's when you got locked up. Logan. So, Logan, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't got any. I honestly funny. did not understand the story. I thought she was a Playboy model, and then well, no, she, she was went. a jailer in the jail, and then she ended up also posing for Playboy and may lose her job. Oh, it's like okay. a side job. No, I can't. You know, like it, lawn care. I, I thought she was in a men's prison. I was all confused. Yeah, anyway. no, she is in a men's prison, but she's what? working. I don't, I don't. She's working for the prison. Right. She's not in jail. County employee. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So, I raped the right. one that I knew. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think the first answer was a lot funny, saying that you didn't have anything funny to say. Oh, you rapist! Well, Caleb, it's been a uh, real pleasure having you on the show. Where can uh, people check you out? Where can they get more Caleb Bacon? Well, the Gentlemen's Club podcast is on iTunes. Perhaps you've heard of it. Yes. And Gentlemen's Club Podcast dot com. My website is calebacon.com, C-A-L-E-B-B-A-C-O-N dot C-O-M. Didn't need to spell out the com part, but... Nope, people got it. Just Well, Logan didn't. Right, so no, exactly. Yeah. Now Logan's he's got it. Here, so. M or N? Uh, it's like M as in Nancy. M right. as in Nancy, yeah. okay. So, uh, and twitter.com slash thecalebacon. All right, uh, Logan, you want to wrap it up with a haiku? Let's <laughs> do it. Spanish driving test. Throwing raves with New York cash. Chuck Green getting drunk. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in the show. I'd like to remind people that this Saturday we will be having a comedy garage over at our place, the Comedy Garage. If you haven't checked it out, <laughs> make sure you do. It's a uh, monthly stand-up comedy show that we have at our place. It's a great time. I encourage everyone to check it out. It's going to be Saturday, 10 o'clock. The theme is Beach Bums. So uh, if you haven't been to one, look it up. You can just uh, type in Facebook, The Comedy Garage. It will come up, no problem. And, uh, yeah, make sure you guys uh, tune in next week for the live broadcast at Finisher's Pub. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the program. We uh, do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock, on LA Talk Radio. This has been The Green Room, and one quick reminder, instead of our normal outro song, I'd like to play a new song from the artist Wax. He just put out a song about Facebook. Uh, it's called Bitch, Get Off My Facebook, or, or something to that. Uh, something to that. Make sure you look it up on YouTube. It's a great song. It's uh, getting a ton of hits, so uh, that's the way we're going out. This has been The Green Room. Oh, man. It's high. Had a long yet productive day at the studio today. Feeling real good about myself. Just gonna check my Facebook and see if I got any messages from old, old friends of mine. Maybe brag a little bit, you know what I mean? I just updated my status. It says Big Wax is the motherfucking baddest. And along comes Katie from Missouri. Hits the like button in a hurry. Two minutes later, gotta worry, cause I check my messages. And my girl wants to know who this bitch I had sex with is. I say who, up comes the chat box. Katie, caps lock. I type back, girl, it ain't like that. 
buddy. She type OMG. I'm not a dummy. Her status says single on the wall. Is that a girl you fucked on the phone? Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today. Also, be sure to check me out at DocumentaryLabel.com. Fuck that now, I'ma need it to get laid. Posting nothing up on my wall.